welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Long time no see. We've done several episodes together. The community has seen your faces, at least in some, some context in the past. But uh, why are we talking and why should people in Nosari be listening to you guys? Well, one of the things that came from our study was that everybody agreed that Nosara was special. You only have to be a Nosara for about 15 minutes to understand why Nosara is special. You can read all the newspaper articles in the world about why Nosara is special. But we wanted to know from the community, why did the community think Nosara was special? You also don't have to be there for more than 15 minutes to understand that Nosara is facing challenges, all sorts of challenges for all, from all sorts of places. So one of the things we wanted to find from the study was what sorts of challenges? And what are we going to do about it? Ultimately, that's the goal of this entire project. What are we going to do about it? Nosara is special. Nosara is facing challenges. How can we manage those challenges to keep Nosara the special place that it is? Okay, makes sense. What, what else did you learn in the results and the work that you've done so far? What brought you to where we're back now? Like Dr. Salas, you've been working on this a long time. I think a lot of people around here didn't understand it takes time for this stuff to process. Can you walk us through that a little bit? Because people just saw people come pay attention, then leave, and they might not realize you guys are still on this. This is still happening. It's very much alive. And Dr. Salas, you have a whole event coming up. So can you explain why it took some time and uh, just so people understand? Yeah, sure, Rich. Thank you so much for having us. Well, science takes time. And last time I checked, I am born and raised in Costa Rica. So I'm not going anywhere. Um, uh, we have a foundation called the Democracy Lab. And the Democracy Lab is a national foundation. It's not a Nosara local foundation. It's a national foundation uh, with different endowments from different stakeholders, local and international. And one of our main projects for the Democracy Lab is actually understanding the development in Nosara and development meaning from a sustainability perspective. So uh, we have been working on this for over three years. Uh, we started from the study of the Center for Latin American Competitiveness and Sustainability from Incaia Business School. Um, Jaime Garcia did a study in the Nosara Garza and Esperanza area where he surveyed over a thousand families uh, to get indicators of social progress in education, infrastructure, access to water, access to civic liberties. And from that, we build upon a study that we have been working with Dr. Freitag Navachi and Dr. Uh, Dr. Navachi and Dr. Munio for the last two years, which is to um, try to understand each perspective from uh, the different voices in Nosara through in-depth interviews and through a collaboration process in order to explore the perceptions and beliefs of the community members and the different stakeholders engaged in the development in Nosara. And why this is important? Well, it's, it's important for three main reasons. Number one, Nosara can be a laboratory of sustainability and social development, not only for Costa Rica, but for the developing world. Why? Because you have all the elements in that small place of 6,000 inhabitants that are required for a thriving community. You have intellectual capital, you have people that care, you have nature, you have uh, money, you have actually a very vibrant community of uh, leaders. Nevertheless, some of them, they don't talk to each other. Two, one of the reasons why we're very interested in Nosara is because it's very close to a turtle sanctuary and we're turtle nerds here and turtle lovers. So we want to understand how we can protect that beautiful, special place, not only for Latin America, but for the world, and have it in a line with sustainability practices. And number three is this a constant problem that we have in Costa Rica, especially in communities that are far from government reach or from government networks, which is the social fabric that emerged from locals, expats, chepeños, 
and international communities to tackle problems in a de facto way, uh, but at, at the end of the day, it's not quite organized. So those are the three things that we're trying to, to understand here. Wow, that, that makes complete sense. And thank you very much for that synopsis. I think it's gonna help a lot of people listening to this to understand the levels of what you're going to. And this isn't just an opinion coming through. Uh, you guys are years deep into this and it's still unfolding. So if you don't mind me asking, if I bounce over to Tina, can you fill us in from your perspective? Because you don't live in Osara, you're visiting Osara, but you have, you're wildly experienced on the subject that so many people like me don't even understand. So we're just getting introduced to this. Can you tell us kind of what your vantage point is and give us your insight on where you guys are at with all of this? Absolutely. So as both Christian and Alvaro said, uh, we recognize that Nosara is a special place and it's at an inflection point where really critical decisions have to be made about its future. So we did a lot of field work, a lot of work on the ground, talking to people, uh, doing various analyses. And what we found from that was that despite the differences in the community, there's one thing everybody held in common, and that was the need for a sustainability plan. So we found that you know, some groups were really interested in environmental protection. Other groups were really interested in the processes of local governance. A third group was really thinking about public services, right? How government delivers services to the people. And a fourth group was really focused on planning and regulation. But united across all four of those groups and all of the different populations and communities in Nasara was the perception of a need for a sustainable development plan. And that is what we talked about when we were in Nosara in, I think it was July, and uh, presented all of this work to the community. Since then, we've come back with that idea in mind that sustainability is important. A sustainable development plan is critical for Nosara, and it's a, a commonality, a point of consensus among folks. So we spent a lot of time actually looking at what does that mean since then? So we've been diving in to local sustainable development plans that uh, come from around the world. We've been trying to look at how do you create a sustainable development plan and one that has buy-in from the broad community, right? Because Tina can come in and give her sustainable development plan, but if people don't buy into it, nothing's going to happen. So what does this sustainable development plan look like? How do we create it? What are the elements in there? And then what do different localities and communities do to give those plans teeth? right? So it's not just another report that sits on a shelf collecting dust. So we've done a lot of work looking at what those things look like. And now we're thinking about the next step, right? What would the creation of a sustainable development plan for Nosara look like? How would that process work? And to be quite honest, we're, we're struggling there a little bit because this can't be uh, two gringos, right? And uh, sorry, Alvaro, a Chapeño, right? Coming into Nosara and imposing a plan on others. It's got to come from the community and it's got to have buy-in and it's got to have support of key actors. Otherwise, the plan won't work. I just feel like to, to just continue off of what Tina said, these things, these sustainable development plans around the world, if you look at those are successful, they never come from top down and they never come from the outside. They always come from the community themselves, ultimately, and then they come from the bottom up. They come from the people. And so if we're looking at, if we all agree, and by we, I mean the community, really the community of Nosara, if everybody in Nosara, the Nosaranos agree that a sustainable development plan is where we need to get, then how do we get there? How do we keep Nosara from becoming Tamarindo? Well, we can help. We can study this stuff. Yes, we're experts. We're smart folks. We can help. 
but we can't do it for the community. The community has to want that to happen and has to be willing to invest in making that happen. And that's sometimes, understandably, there is some acrimony. There's some people who have, who have negative feelings about other members of the community and other groups in the community. In order for this to succeed though, some of that pride is gonna to have to be set aside and people are gonna to have to sit at the same table because ultimately the amount of places where they agree far outweighs the amount of places where they disagree. We can help make that happen, but it's gotta be done from the ground up. I got you. So this is all very helpful. Um, if I can just jump in before we go any further. Here in Nosara, we have a long history of getting our resentment built up a, a direction or towards a person or group and then not communicating and kind of putting up the walls. And I, I'm, it's just how it is. So as I was listening to Dr. Salas and each of you talk, it sounds like we need some sort of government involvement uh, in some manner, but our, we're, ours is kind of Nicoya and that's its own long story. Um, then you said you need local leaders. A lot of the local leaders here won't even sit in the same room as each other, even if they agree on stuff and it's incredibly difficult. I just had someone on the podcast yesterday who said, listen, I said, what's your least favorite thing about Nosaria? You know what their answer was? I can't bring all my friends to one spot. I had a birthday party and I wanted my friends to come, but I learned that they didn't like them. They didn't like them. They didn't like them. And it sounded just a lot like high school. And then uh, I guess the other thing I heard Dr. Salas mention was the community groups need some sort of cohesiveness. And we're notorious for having our community groups not interacting. Like we just started to, things are getting a little better, but around here, it's very polarizing. I think it's, I, I'm guessing other small towns face this. I'm saying all that to, to confess our sins to you as you're finding what you're finding, saying it needs to come from within and go up. We're kind of built the other way. <laughs> like, is there any hope for us? Or is this just one of those that we're not going to get it together over ego? Like, what are you guys seeing from your side? And I'll pause. If I'm out of line, please tell me. I'm just no, no, I'm trying no. to put this together and understand it. You know, the sins of Nosara are frankly the sins of the world. We see these kinds of community conflicts everywhere, not just in Nosara, not just in Costa Rica, but in communities around the world. And we know that when those differences, those acrimonies, when that lack of trust between groups isn't addressed and groups just go on their own way, we see terrible planning, development decisions, decisions that have impact on people's community, their quality of life, their uh, social health, right? Their environmental health. We have also seen communities where people come together, where they decide, and what we would love to see in Nosara, is that these groups have a love for Nosara that is greater than their, their dislike of others, right? And that's- okay, Now I get it. They have to cross that boundary of, okay, boundary. you're on the and other side. You're my, you're my enemy. I don't like you, but I'm still gonna interact with you because of a greater good. You're, all of you are saying that's, that's what Nosara needs more than anything right now. Is that, is that right? That's right. They have to re recognize their shared interest in protecting this special place that they love and be able to put things aside. And that's hard to do when you're just bringing people together and kind of saying, okay, figure it out. But we can structure processes. We can help facilitate conversations. We can do analyses that show those places where there is overlap, right? Where there are common interests and create a space where people can have constructive productive dialogue instead of dialogue that is destructive and exacerbates conflict. That's what we would you. love to do in Nosara. I see what you're saying. So you guys are, here's information, look at the information, it's up to you guys to fix it, but you're gonna have to essentially face the bitter pill of interacting with people you might not care for to make this work. That sounds like an overreaching theme. Now, Dr. Salas, if we can get, come back to you, you're from Costa Rica, you know this town extremely well, you have a true love for Nosara. 
how are you seeing the proceedings as the information is coming to light? Does it give you hope? Does it give you despair? Um, I'm really interested in your opinion uh, as close as you are, because I know you truly love this place and uh, I'm excited to hear what you think. I do. I truly love that place. I really love surfing there. And, and I really miss it every, every time that I'm not there. And what I have found, it's actually, it gives me hope because some of these groups that were antagonistic to each other, ego or past or whatever happens there, we, we don't have all the information or data, but we know that there was some resentment and contempt. They're starting to talk to each other. And, and a lot of new leadership has uh, come from different generations and from, from different parts of the town that it wasn't there when we started the study. So you can see that in three years, the town has changed a lot, not only in development and planning and the extremely bubble of prices that they have in goods and services and real estate and the list goes on, but it's also transforming itself in leadership. And, and some of this leadership that has emerged, it's more open-minded to discuss these things with, with, the, with each other. Especially so you're the, feeling good momentum, like it's it's on the way up as far as dialogue amongst amongst the warring or disagreeing factions. You're you're seeing hope. I think that the experiment that we did with with Dr. Nabachi on deliberation um, in in the local uh, a few a few months ago was the tip of the iceberg. That actually these people can sit down at least sit down in the same place in a respectful way and talk to each other without any bickering or, or bickering or fighting. So that was at least an experiment that said, oh, interesting. We, we can actually talk about these issues without trying to rip our heads off. And, and, and after that, it creates some sort of momentum. And I have seen already some groups starting to collaborate or at least to talk to each other. And, and, and that's, I think it's, it gives me hope. Part of our summit that we're gonna have uh, in Nosara, I choose Nosara for three reasons. One, because as you know, I love it. Two, because it's, in part, it's part of a blue zone and blue zones have a lot of things to say to the world and we have learned a lot from blue zones and there's only a handful of those. And three, because I want to bring people from different parts of the world, they're coming from six continents, over 20 countries, to understand that the problems that we have here, as Dr. Navachi was saying, are not mutually exclusive for problems in Asia, Africa, South America. So we can learn a lot from each other and learn a lot from that process. So um, going back to your question, Rich, what I will hope from this study, we don't know the, the outcome uh, and we're not here to tell the community what to do. I think that our role here is to be conveners and mediators by the use of science and data to people talk to each other in a way that is at least productive and efficient. And then hopefully from that, that's what we can propose something, something good is going gonna, is gonna to happen from that. But I don't have a crystal ball to see if that's going to work or not. And also, I you. you need the data. Yeah. And also, in order to that process to happen, sometimes the process is more important than the outcome. And so as we know, the main finding from this study was that everyone wants to have a sustainable development plan. So if we create a process with at least those key stakeholders, those key leaders, foundations, associations, civic leaders can talk to each other and find some sort of shared values, I think that that will be a small win for, for, for this project. Thank you for that. That's very helpful. Now, uh, if I can ask a question for you, after you guys had left, the, the talk had gotten going. Um, and then after it kind of calmed down, some months went past. One of the things that people started saying around here was, hey, that was nice that people communicate. We kind of get the point. But 
X shouldn't be involved in this or Y shouldn't be involved in that. Like, for example, some, someone around here who I respect got online and started typing, no real estate person should be involved in any type of development plan. And then somebody else, well, this person shouldn't be involved in this development plan. If I'm understanding you guys right, you want the, the leaders or even controversial figures or any opinion from out here out there included in the whole thing. Did I understand that right? Because what people are kind of trying to poke a hole in seems to be the opposite of that. They're like, no, we can't include somebody who makes a living through this inside of this. And I, it seemed like it went contrary to what you're trying to do. But again, I'm not relaying my opinion. I'm relaying what I hear and I'm a part of here on the ground. And it comes up frequently. Can you help people understand? Do you want everyone involved in their opinion or do you need to separate the, the bad fruit out from the good fruit? I would say, if I may, there's no bad fruit. Um, I think if you approach it that way, nothing happens for the next 15 years, and 15 years is too late. Nosara is broken by then. Putting pride aside for a little while and focusing on areas of common interest and shared values, that's going to sting a little bit in the short term. But if you try to separate out good people from bad people, nobody's ever going to agree on that. That's never going to work. By the time you swallow your pride, it's too late and Nosara is broken. And nobody wants that to happen. So I would say, I would, I would caution that um, those who are taking that perspective shouldn't let perfection be the enemy of the good and should try to focus on the 80% that they agree on rather than the 20% they disagree on. And if they need to hate somebody, hate us. I mean, that's fine. I mean, we're just trying to be scientists. We're trying to use data to inform the situation. If you need to hate somebody for, for pushing that perspective, don't hate each other. Go ahead and hate us. Well, it sounds important because Dr. Salas just shared with us about the event coming up. People from around the world are coming to see what's happening around the SARA, which to me is crazy. When I moved here, you had to beg people to kind of want to be here or try to convince them to like, unless they came here, then some people it stuck. So SARA is very sticky. Once you're here, a lot of people fall. But to where it is today, it's very, very popular. You're saying that people and social scientists from around the world are coming to a summit that Dr. Salas has put together. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, it is. And and as I said, I, I picked Nosara because it's in a blue zone. So the, the summit is about blue zones in the world and how can impact investment can correct some of these issues of, of intractable problems that Dr. Navachi was talking about. So it's going to be mostly, uh, it's, it's a different group of scholars, scientists and philanthropists sitting down together. It, 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 this year is going to be Nosara, next year can be another country, but the issues are the same. How do you tackle a collaborative governance? How do you tackle uh, climate change? How do you tackle income inequality and lack of access to education, a lack of access to infrastructure in the developing world? So we're going to start with our, with our paper, with our findings from Nosara, and try to have a conversation and a discussion based on that. But there's also other issues that are not only uh, related to, to Nosara, they're related to the region, such as the erosion of the rule of law, the, the human rights violations that are happening in Nicaragua right now as we speak with political prisoners and what, what that can impact the province of Guanacaste, for instance. Um, and we're gonna discuss also what, what's the role of the private sector on all of this, right? Should they stay as bystanders and just hope for the best that, that someone will solve the problem or should they take more an active role in philanthropy and, and funding research and, and different initiatives that might shed some light on how to tackle all of these problems. And we don't know the answers. What we at least want to try from an intellectual, humble perspective is to ask the right questions. Got you. So the next summit coming up in synopsis is you're not just touching on the SAR itself, you're going to touch on the region 
and essentially the world as a whole and how that will come down to the to everyone's level then look at it as if just wait for government or some somebody to fix it or we get involved and fix it from within is that what that understand that right yep yeah we have people from africa from india from macedonia from london from new york from japan from south america coming with the the exactly same questions that we have for nosara they have the same issues in their countries and in their wow. areas so we're trying to learn from each other the idea of the event is actually science and these research projects they they have a price tag right it's our time energy resources surveys researchers teams uh and the list goes on to actually find this 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 these ideas um on, and these projects so in order for us to continue hopefully working in nosara and in other parts of the world trying to understand better what's the role of sustainable development plans we need to find funding so the summit has that angle and that objective which is all right we have very similar problems in different parts of the world why we don't fund some sort of these studies and we can make comparative analysis and let's start with the one that we have in nosara so that's one objective and hopefully after that we can have a, a more organized community intervention Leaded by by Professor Navachi, supported by Dr. Freitag and myself in Nosara within the next months. But in order to do that, we need funding, right? We we gotcha. And the funding comes from what directions? Uh, what sources of funding? Well, it can be from individuals, foundations, uh, universities, think tanks. So those are pretty much the audience that we're going to have there. Individuals that care, foundations on the sustainability spectrum, such as Crusa, and the list goes on. Uh, the Mine Foundation, which is uh, the, the foundation that uh, pretty much endows the national park system in Costa Rica, and the list goes on. This so, is wide. This is wide from individual all the way to larger entities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have international think tanks coming up from from Spain, from Europe, from the states um, that they care about these issues, right? And 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 the, the the bigger question is, how can we tackle all these problems that they're common, mm -hmm. as Nawachi said. And, and what's the next step? So we, we need to learn from each other because if Nosara makes it right, if the town doesn't become Tamarindo, as, as Christian was saying, okay, how can the towns in Chile and in India and in, in other parts of the world can learn from that? What did the community did so they can implement that? Uh, and Tina, you're saying that most of those other towns, they all fight too and dislike each other and won't go sit at the same table historically. Is that right? Absolutely. We see these community conflicts around the clashes between economic development, environmental protection, social needs all around the world. Many communities get mired in that conflict. They don't address that conflict. And then there are bad outcomes. There are examples, though, of communities that have come together that have put those differences aside and have made meaningful, impactful changes in the way they think about their communities that have protected environments, that have increased people's quality of lives, that have improved economic development, uh, and not just for the few, but for the many. And that's what we're hoping Nosara can do. So bad joke you're coming up here. So uh, that movie Dumb and Dumber, you remember <laughs> where the lady's like, look, we're not going to be together. It's not going to happen. Oh, it's like it's. This is there a little bit more of a chance than that? I hope. Sounds like Dr. Sal says there might be. I think there is. If I'm really honest, you know, when we were doing the public engagement event in July, people from all over would come to us and say, "Are you going to have security there? This could be problematic. Like you really need to have security." 
And, and what we found was that people were willing to come together, sit down and have a conversation because that conversation was structured, because it was facilitated, it created a space for everybody to have a voice, right? And to have that voice be heard. Uh, and so if we can do those kinds of things, instead of these free-for-all sessions where somebody comes in and tries to dominate, but where people have voices, where their voices are heard, where we can work collaboratively to, to find some areas of agreement, then there's real hope there. And, you know, what I picked up from my limited time in Nosara was that everybody, regardless of their walks, of, from where they come from, their walk of life, their socioeconomic status, their political, social, economic views, everybody loves Nosara. And everybody believes that the place is truly special, right? And everybody is wants to protect that. So they, we just have to get folks to take the next step and say, all right, let's work together. Let's put some differences aside or let's explore those differences and find out what they're really about. I bet when we do that, we find more common ground than a chasm. Do we just for once get past that and engage? And you guys are saying that's basically necessary. And what I'm saying is I don't know how we're going to do it because people here are, it's almost easier to stay mad. It's almost easier to point a finger than to Sure. Suck in some humility and go do the hard work. That's how, that's how I feel. Sure. It's way easier to stay mad. And then it's way easier for Nosara to not address its challenges. And I want to be very, very clear to you, to all of the listeners, Christian, Dr. Freitag, Alvaro and I, we have no stake in this game, right? None of us own real estate down there. None of us are investors. We're not even taking salaries from this project. We are doing it because we see a beautiful place that is honestly sacred with what you have with Ostianal and the turtles, the culture, the, the kind of sense of civility that people have, that is profound and rare and we love it and we wanna protect it. So we are coming in with no vested interests and we are not supporting one group over another, right? The environmental protection people need to have as much voice as the real estate developers need to have as much voice as the people who are really interested in education and public services. Because unless we can get those areas to work together, there will be nothing sustainable about the future of NOSARA. Gosh, that was a hard-hitting thesis statement to this is what I just felt. Um, and also what I heard was for the billionth time, I got to go thank Dr. Salas for somehow convincing you guys to focus on us. Wow. And thanks to all of you just, just for participating. So as we wind down, fill us in uh, what's next, what's needed. Uh, use the platform for however you'd like. And, and then Dr. Salas, you, you, you take us home at the end with whatever message you want to get out there. And again, thanks to you all. Truly appreciate it. Uh, it's been an honor getting to know you more and seeing where you're coming from. Just thank you. I, I hope I hope it goes the right direction. It also seems like it could easily go the opposite direction very fast with the popularity Nosara has and the limited amount of space we have. We just don't have much area. A lot of towns have different spots that you can dedicate to stuff later. We're not like that. We're kind of we are what we are. So for our next steps, what we would love to do, and and you know we've been kind of uh, bouncing these ideas around for a while, trying to figure it out. We could come down and do another community convening present what, we, what we've learned, we could present kind of processes of creating sustainable development plans, what needs to be included. Happy to do that, right? That would be an easy thing for the public. But then what needs to happen is that, um, you know, key actors, key organizations in, in NOSARA need to say, okay, we'd like your help. 
Uh, and then we'd be happy to do convenings with them um, to you know, create a working group, a collaborative working group that does the heavy lifting on creating a sustainable development plan where we present that back to the community periodically for feedback and voice. You're saying the key groups were the first key of that's what you guys would recommend focusing on. And then, because you have the public data, you've done a, a very broad survey of that. And again, thank you for all the effort on that. I know that wasn't easy in this town. You're saying the key groups are the ones that need to step up right now. And that's the first big fundamental focus point is that, that I understand that right. I, I think that's right. Uh, you know, we, if we're honest, we can't co-produce a sustainable development plan with three or four or 500 community members. That's just unwieldy. That would take an insane amount of time right. and probably would lead to a watered down product. So what we need yeah, are yeah, key yeah. actors that are representing all segments of the society from uh, you know, the Nosereños who are, are local to the expats who have moved in to the environmental groups, to the real estate development groups. We need all of the key voices, key parties represented coming to the table to, to figure out a plan for moving forward and creating a sustainable development plan. I get uh, you. This is, this is, this is extremely helpful. And each of your time is very much respected. That is such a great message uh, that we need to get out to said groups. Um, so I want to help do that. I want to help you guys uh, keep keep going, though, as, as we wind down. This is enough information right now for people to digest as we're getting to the next. So close the door on this and tell us uh, what to do or what to hope for, or what to think or what to pray for. <laughs> Just go ahead. I, I do believe that when we seek perfection, we sometimes miss opportunity. I think progress is imperative. I think the time is now. If we wait 20 years, it's too late. It's too late for Nosara and it's too late for the turtles. And if Nosara wants to screw itself up, that's fine. The turtles can't take that though. The turtles won't, won't have 20 more years to do that. So I, I encourage people to, uh, to try to focus on areas of common interest and we can help, but the community has to buy into that. And, and blame, blaming others isn't gonna help with that. Um, if you need to blame somebody, I don't, know, I don't know what to tell you. You're gonna miss an opportunity to participate in a really important project. Where we're going next right now, it's science takes time and we try to do things even, even though we don't take ourselves very serious, we do take our job very serious and, and we want to be respectful to, with the community. So science takes time and it takes effort and teams and resources. As Tina said, um, we, we are invested in this, but we need to raise that money. So we are in the middle, in the midst of that process, and hopefully within the next three or four months, we will have a more clarity on our budget. So first things first is we want to do something, someone has to pay for it, and, and we're, in, we're, we're doing that. Two, and that makes sense. Even when we get that, that, that bill uh, and that budget, the second part is like, there has to be a buy-in from the community on this process because we're not coming to say what to do. As Professor Navachi said, where we're, where we're coming is to create the space and facilitate a conversation with frameworks and with data to keep it as objective as possible and trying to find ways of collaboration, not only for the environment as, as Professor Freita was, was saying, but also for the groups that are looking for job creation and access to education and also for the groups that are creating 
of course, value through real estate development. So we have to put a lot of voices in the same category and the same place and listen to each one of them with empathy and with clarity. So that's step two. So difficult part one. Step two is harder than step one. Step two is harder than (laughs) step one. And then step three, once you have the budget and the buying from the people, we need to crunch that process and that data and that information and find who is going to lead this process because it, it has to come from the community. It has to come from the community. And, and it, it cannot be top to bottom. It has to be bottom to top. And, and, mm. and, step, and step three is it's a tricky one as well. So what I'm saying, this is not an easy process, but we're willing, we're willing to, actually, to at least try it because indifference of not, or not trying it is also a decision. We need a sustainable development plan. That was the commonality. Dr. Salas, you pointed out there's lots of other things too. There, there's jobs, there's environment. And a lot of the, they don't always coalesce. Like for example, the development might create construction jobs and that helps, it's helping right now. But at the same time, the development is also problematic. Do we have our water in order? Do we have our environment in order? Are, are the animals taken care of? And the very thing that everyone cares about the SARS so much for is the environment, the field, the setup, the people coming in want to have a place to live and they have every legal right to do that. But at the same time, they don't want to take it down. But the person who lives next door, who like myself, I have 12 builds going around where I live right now. Every day it's kind of tough, but at the same time, I'm also part of the machine. So I get it. I understand the hypocrisy involved and one, and I want to offset whatever negatives I have in the place with more positives. But this seems like an extra challenging thing though, because it truly does cross so many different layers. Um, and some are pro that helps in one way that hurt in another. So that it seems really hard to get people to unite off that. I, I see the challenge. And it's interesting that this is what you guys do for a uh, living all around the world. And you're saying it's basically the same thing. You just have to bust through the communication method methodologies at the beginning to get the ship sailing. Is that right? That's right. And all three of us and others who have worked with us on this project, we've done this work in a number of areas, whether it's through environmental protection and sustainability and Dr. Freitag's work, uh, whether it's through helping communities figure out governance better and dealing with public services and issues, which is the work that I do, and Alvaro's work around collaboration and participation and democracy strengthening in, strengthening in Costa Rica and Latin America. We all bring that expertise. We know that these processes can work. We are idealistic. You've got to have a vision of where you want to go to know if you're right on, on the right path. But none of us are naive and none of us are uh, shy or worried about putting in sweat equity and getting our hands dirty. We're, we're willing to help. Uh, that's awesome. It sounds like I'm, I'm more clearly understanding the, the constant references to community groups because individuals won't be able to fabric the sustainable, since an accurate sustainability plan. There's so many different opinions in every way. That's why you need the community groups. And that's why you guys are saying next step, if you guys can get the funding is come together, focus on that because that's can get the United group voice to the right channels to get XYZ implemented. Is that accurate too? I think that's accurate. And in the meantime, while we're working towards funding and getting that support, I would say to all those community leaders and all of those community groups, formal and informal. If you have thoughts about this, if you're into this idea, if you want to know more about this idea, you want to know how we would actually create a process, reach out. We are available uh, to talk, to help talk through people's concerns and issues, to help hopefully convince people that we're, we're in this to do good. 
right? And that we're here to help. Um, and, you know, so if people have concerns, we'd be happy to talk with them one-on-one -on -one confidentially, uh, you know, to help keep the hey, ball. Thank you for that. That's huge. People, people, even if they disagree with every single word everyone's saying and the whole premise of Sal Dr. Sal's study, offering that helps. Like somebody should, that's really cool. And you guys let me know what's appropriate to share. We'll put it on the screen. But we would really, or I would drastically appreciate if your voice could be heard to people and it becomes more real. Because some people have heard of Dr. Stiles, but they haven't seen him quite in person. I've spent a lot of time with the guy. I know him. I know his heart. I get it. That's why I'm so laser focused on trying to get this. Also, I see what's happening in town myself from all these different angles. And I'm scared. Like, I'm super scared. I'm kind of walking around town saying, I think the last 10 years of Nosara and the next 10 are the best of this, of this place. And now I'm probably more like the past 12 and the next eight because I'm scared. And I think, I think it's justifiable to be scared. It's, it's a, it's weird. I didn't move down ever expecting Osara to be popular. How do you keep up with the whole machine? And then you get inside of it. It's, it's, uh, it's confusing. I lose, lose a lot of sleep over it. And I appreciate what you guys are doing. Well, we appreciate you helping us reach out to the community and, uh, and we're grateful for your support and we're grateful for everybody in the community who helped with the first part of this research and who hopefully will come out if we're able to get funding and move forward with the second part. Um, like our, our goal here is really, again, to help keep Nosara the special place that everybody loves. We'll see how it goes. Dr. Salts, what's the name of the event real quick? And do you need extra security? <laughs> I hope not. Hopefully not. Hopefully not, but um, um, my tag's I, heavy for the event. <laughs> yes, yes, we have a we have a, a heavy scholar here, <laughs> but um, no, I think that hopefully we can get the funds for for this third part, which is step one, and parallel to that, we really appreciate your 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 support, Rich, to reach out to the community. That's that's crucial in case we want to move forward because even though we get the funding, if the community is not willing to actually sit down and move to these barriers. There's, there's nothing else that we can, we can do. Thank you for putting it out there. I appreciate each of you a great deal. Thank you. Thank you. Minus Thank well. you. Minus wow. Well. Wow. All right. So if I understand it right, you guys, the way you work is you choose your projects and then you go as deep as you can, and then you need funding to keep those projects going. And what's happened is Nosara's made the cut and it's gotten your hearts and your attention all the way up in Syracuse, wherever the heck you are type, type of thing. Um, but Dr. Salas, you have ongoing work. This never ends for you. It sounds like this is your existence. You have to get it started, find the funding, move to the next one, but you never forgot about the one along the way. Is that kind of what's happening? Yeah, so the Democracy Lab is a Costa Rican foundation and we work with partners around the world. Some of those partners are Cornell University, Syracuse University, the Conservation Law Center from, from Indiana University, Human Rights Foundation in Norway, and we have four main projects. So our projects are focused on civic, civic engagement and participatory processes in the legislative assembly of Costa Rica. So we are the chairs of the civic engagement um, unit of the legislative assembly of Costa Rica. So we have to constantly fund our team in order to continue those processes of consulting the citizens in major Costa Rican bills. The second project that we have is we have the Savannah Central Park. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but we partnered up with the municipality of San Jose in terms to understand the urban and planning processes of that park and hopefully um, create a public space where gentrification is actually uh, mitigated. 
and where people can convene through sports, arts, and culture and have some sort of a sense of social fabric. The third project that we have is on the arts and culture. So we work with education um, in terms of arts and culture with schools all around the country. Uh, we just co-produced and supported the Mind Foundation and Teatro Expresivo on a musical about Henrietta Box, which was an, an immigrant from the United States that ended up being the wife of our founding father, Jose Figueres. So we created a musical about that and it was sold out in the main national theaters. That's one of our main projects of the Democracy Lab. And the fourth one is the Nosara Sustainability Development Plan. So every year we have to find funding for those projects. And hopefully within some activities that we will conduct within the next weeks, we can have the funding in place for that four project, which is very close to our hearts, which is um, related to Nosara. All right, I, I appreciate you guys. Much love. Take care, Take care everybody. We'll see you soon. Take care.